This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. You're joining us for a special podcast episode as part of our 2023 ACCE Chamber of the Year finalist series. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has a trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now. And um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing, so I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, Basically, you give them a membership list, and from there, they contact your members, and it's no high-pressure sales or anything, and it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish. And it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished. And I just, I'm very sold on Community Matters. And with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Heather Valutis. Heather became the president and CEO of the Lancaster Chamber in Pennsylvania in June of 2022, having previously been the vice president. She joined the chamber in 2011 as the advocacy director with a focus on government affairs and community impact. Since that time, she has continued to advance that work while also leading events and program strategies and engaging the overall operations and strategic direction of the organization. Prior to joining the chamber, Heather was the government affairs coordinator at the Building Industry Association, where she represented them before all government bodies on issues related to the association's mission. Heather graduated from Westchester University in 2007 with a degree in political science and holds a Master of Public Administration degree from Westchester University. She earned her CCE designation in 2021 She was named a 40 under 40 by the Central Penn Business Journal and by ACCE and is a 2010 graduate of Leadership Lancaster. But Heather, I'm excited to have you with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I want to say congratulations to you and your team for being selected as a Chamber of the Year finalist and I wanted to give you an opportunity to say hello to all the Chamber champions that are out there listening and to share something interesting about yourself so we can all get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on, Brandon. appreciate the opportunity to share about our work happening here in Lancaster and um, have an opportunity to share that with some of our other chamber friends across the country. Uh, So I always share this fact about myself because I think people find it interesting, particularly because of our location. So um, I am 
half Scottish and then half Amish. Uh, my mom was born in Scotland, born and raised there and moved here when she was 14. And my dad's father, so my grandfather was born and raised Amish. And so those are kind of the two roots of my history um, that bring together this kind of deep rooted history in Lancaster and then also um, an immigrant story as well. So it's always a fun little tidbit. Yeah, that is very interesting. So <laughs> whenever you're asked about an interesting fact, keep that in your, your pocket. You got a good one. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> well, for those who may be longtime listeners of the podcast, um, they may be a little bit familiar with the Lancaster Chamber. And we had your predecessor, Tom Baldridge, on the show a couple of times. And as the format of the show, I always like to have the guests tell a little bit about their chamber, just to kind of give some perspective for listeners so if you don't mind, just tell us about the size of the chamber, staff, budget, scope of work, just so we know the type of chamber you are before we get into our discussion today. Yeah, sure. So uh, we are in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So we represent a countywide chamber. Um, we have a population here of about 550,000 people. From our chamber perspective, we have uh, just over 1,400 members. So a strong membership component there. Those members represent over half of Lancaster County's total workforce size here. Um, so good representation and depth within our member community and our business community as well. Uh, chamber staff team is 16 people. So, you know, a mix of full-time and part-time there, but 16 in total. And then our budget is about $2.3 million. All right. So that definitely does help kind of set the stage for our discussion today. And typically, the way that I like to structure these Chamber of the Year finalist interviews is to focus much of our attention on the two programs you submitted in your, the synopsis on your application for Chamber of the Year. So maybe just at a real high level, tell us what the two programs are, and then we'll circle back and get in a little more detail on, on each of those. Yeah. So our two programs that we submitted this year, the first one was Your History is Our History, celebrating 150 years of business. For the chamber, we celebrated our 150th anniversary in 2022. And we really focused the whole year on celebrating the history of business and industry in our community as well. And then our second one was on our Discovering Paths mentoring program. And we look at that as investing in the next generation. And so it's a program we've had for many years, but we've been doing some updates and intentional look forward with that program. So we um, submitted that as our second one. Very good. Well, I'm excited to dive in deeper and learn more about both of those programs as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. 
your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Exciting news! Introducing Pippily by Chamber Nation, the innovative solution to manage and promote your community for unstoppable growth. Joining the Chamber of Commerce means one thing, commerce. Businesses want to thrive, and Pippoli is here to make that happen. With Pippoli, your members can experience remarkable benefits even if they can't attend events. It's a game changer for retention. Say goodbye to ordinary directories and embrace a transformative commerce management system. Unlock the true power of commerce management. Picture a centralized Pippoli dashboard combining top mobile technologies for subscriptions, event registration, community communications, and more. It's incredible. Don't miss out. Visit pippily.com to learn more. That's P-I-P-P-I-L-Y.com. Schedule your demo at richardscalendar.com. It's affordable and delivers more. Pippily by Chamber Nation. Your community's future starts now. Hi, I'm Raquel. I work with Yifty to help over 500 chambers, cities, and downtowns across the U.S., keep local dollars local, and support their small businesses. Our CEO, Donna Nowitzki, and I will be at the ACCE conference in Salt Lake City from July 31st to August 3rd, and we would love to meet you. Swing by our booth to say hi and learn about our community gift card program. Community cards are custom branded for your community and can only be used at your chamber members' businesses. Plus, the program is free. You can learn more by visiting yifty.com that's Y-I-F-T-E-E dot com or emailing us at sales at yifty dot com. See you at the ACCE conference. All right, Heather, we are back. So as you mentioned before the break, your the two programs submitted is the uh, Your History is Our History and Discovering Paths Mentoring Program. Let's uh, let's dive in first on the um, on the, the celebration, the 150th. 150th year anniversary celebration and the your history is our history um we'll say campaign that mm-hmm. you guys put on so tell us about that and how you got the the business community and community at large involved in telling stories and and what all that in- encompassed yeah so the way we looked at it um obviously you know when your 150th anniversary is coming and so we had a planning group who really helped us give thought to what did we want to do within that 150th year? Because as much as it is about the chamber reaching that milestone, that milestone wasn't possible without the support of the business community that's here and the leadership that came from that. And so we came up with a framework that focused on inform, entertain, and inspire. And so those were our three themes throughout the year. With Inform, we wanted to share stories and information about the journey of local businesses over the past 150 years. With Entertain, um, we wanted to create moments that really allowed people to celebrate our business community in a, a monumental way. And then with Inspire, we wanted people to take a look at how are we reimagining business as we move forward. And so we had monthly spotlights. Um, we had 
monthly kind of themes around industry. Um, it was just, you know, a year of really lifting up those stories with the intention to not create a whole bunch of new events around it too. So yeah. we took what we do and we incorporated it into everything we do instead of creating a whole bunch of new stuff with it. Yeah, that that's important because I could see where it could easily become out of control where it's like, you know, you only turn 150 years once, right? So right. you got <laughs> to really take advantage of it, but to be able to bake it into those things you're already doing and really put those emphasis on those areas you talked about, inform, entertain, and inspire. Um, how did that look like with the informing? Maybe let's go through each aspect of that and, and what that looked like as it rolled out. Yeah. So with informing, um, prior to the start of 2022, we created an entire historical timeline. And so on that timeline, which was it lived on our website, um, we gave the history of the chamber and organizations that kind of, you know, spun out from the chamber. So our leadership program, our EDC, um, different, our tourism bureau, all of those things had once been housed at the chamber. So we told that history. Um, but we also highlighted on that timeline, 76 other businesses in our community and when they started. And so we took that from, you know, the year of our inception to 2022 um, and kind of highlighted these businesses along the way. We also have a quarterly magazine that comes out called Thriving. So we use that to tell the stories of local businesses. Almost the whole edition was, it was a commemorative edition. And so we had people um, sharing their perspective on business history and where they see their business going. Uh, we did a ton of stuff on social media. We um, That was probably like one of the main ways that we continually highlighted it was just continually lifting up those stories and um, sharing perspective from businesses. And then we did do some email content that was specific to the 150th and kind of highlighting, um, you know, what were we trying to celebrate within our community? And it was really about the businesses that have supported us and supported our community over the years. So um, did some emails around that as well. Yeah. So I can see like the the magazine is something you would have done already, but like you said, making it a commemorative issue and with a, a slightly different focus to highlight the, the celebration of 150 years and, and that direction. And chambers are, you know, good at doing social media posts. So it sounds like you just kind of shifted maybe where the attention went with the, uh, or the focus on those social media posts. So I can see where the intentionality came to keep doing what you're doing, but doing it with a, a hyper focus on that, yeah. that purpose. Um, how, how did that look as the entertainment part of it goes, the entertain? Yeah. So like I said, we were trying to be really intentional to not create that extra um, programming I am going to highlight two that we did and they were kind of already built in. So the first one, actually, I guess it'll be, I'm going to highlight three that we did um, that were already kind of built into our schedules in some ways. So okay. the first one is our annual dinner. We hold an annual dinner every year. We've actually been doing that for 150 years. So we were able to celebrate our 150th annual dinner. Um, and we had about 2,400 people attend that. I would say normally that's between 1800 and 2000. So slightly elevated with that. Um, and it was, I mean, it was just a spectacular event to celebrate history in our community. At the same time, our, my predecessor, Tom Baldridge was retiring and I had been um, selected to be the president. So we got to do a transition moment um, for that too, which was very fun and 
So, you know, overall, we use that 150th to kind of celebrate this looking back, moving forward kind of moment in history for the chamber. Uh, we then did one event that we wouldn't normally have planned, and that was a Founders Day event that was on our actual um, date that our charter was made, which was July 22nd. So on July 22nd, we had an event in our building. Um, we had an artist showcase. We asked artists to do art specific to business. We had um, a band, you know, we had music, all the stuff that you could do. And then some remarks from people kind of giving that historical look back and look forward as well. So our 150th, that was the only event that wasn't already in our schedule. Uh, we also, with that, released a bourbon. So we made a commemorative bourbon that people could purchase. Um, and actually all of that was on donation. And when they donated to it, when they donated, they got a bottle of bourbon, but it also helped to support our legacy fund, which helps to um, provide underrepresented businesses with an opportunity for chamber membership. So a nice tie in there. And then our third one, which is already in our schedule, but we did Mixer that was a bit elevated that was held at our historical society. And we launched an edition of um, their quarterly magazine as well. So, you know, those were the three kind of entertain events, but we tried to work them in as much to our normal schedule as we could. Okay. So the bourbon, like that's one that I, I didn't expect. Like that's a, that's a unique approach for sure. Mm -hmm. I imagine there's a local partnership that happened there to, to make that happen. There is. We have a local distillery. And so we worked with them um, to create the bourbon and bottle the bourbon. We actually got to have our team go in when they were bottling bourbon the day that that was happening. Um, and then we had a special label created by a local marketing firm to go on every bottle of bourbon as well. So it was a really, it was really unique and really fun. And we got to use it in so many ways. I mean, we were able to give it out to sponsors and members and um, we still have a few bottles. So from time to time, we're still <laughs> handing them out to people, but we did about 500 bottles of bourbon. So there was wow. a lot to kind of get out the door. <laughs> that, that is fun and unique. So I yeah. like that. And now how about the, that third aspect of Inspire? What are some of the examples there on how you were intentional about that? Yeah. So our inspire element was really about that look forward. So, um, you know, we really focused on, as we got toward the end of the year, we started talking about the next 150 and kind of what comes next. And so we wanted throughout this, um, business leaders to feel inspired by the stories that they heard by these historical milestones. We had highlighted, um, 114 historical milestones and spotlights throughout the year. And so we really wanted people to feel inspired by this history in our community, but then put a lens to, so where, we do, where do we go with this? So we had articles that were focused on that, like trends of what's coming in different industry sectors. As we got into like October, November, December, it was kind of this look forward. Um, and really just, you know, it's inspirational to think about how much business brings to a community and how much that contributes to our economy. And so how do we as um, business leaders, organizations, staff people really give thought to kind of what's next and how does business and um, business leaders contribute to that? So that's where we focus that inspire energy. So did you have a, a committee that kind of drove this and we did the research on the historical facts and, and the business history and everything to, to be able to present that or how did, how did that all organize? So it came together in a few different ways. We did have a, 
um, an advisory group that got together and really planned theme and gave a lot of ideas around how do we deliver on content and get that out there. Um, we did hire an intern in late 2021 to do a very deep dive into our newspaper archives in Lancaster County. Um, she had a background in history and was very interested in this project. So she did a deep dive for us of um, just highlights, not only for the chamber, but of major business milestones over the past 150 years. So we had all of that content pulled together. And then our team, um, led by our director of special events and partnerships, she really gave a lot of thought to, okay, what are the themes we're going to have on each month in terms of industry? And then it was really on all of us to kind of give thought to, what do we know about that industry? Who do we know in that industry? Who might lend a unique or interesting voice? All of that type of thing. So it was guided by that advisory group. And they gave input a few different times throughout the year. Um, and then, you know, some intern support and staff support and all of those different spaces. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit and we'll we'll change focus on onto the other program that was submitted on your application, Discovering Paths Mentoring Program. Um, so maybe just a little bit of history with that and, you know, what what stands out about it and maybe some of the successes that have come out of that program. Yeah, so our Discovering Paths program has actually been around for 15 years. So in some ways, it's like, well, why was that the one that you put onto an application? Because you've had it for a long time. But what's really been interesting about Discovering Paths is that we, it kind of was the same for many years. And then COVID happened, and we had to totally rethink how it was positioned moving forward. We couldn't execute it in the same way we could pre-COVID. Um, certainly in 2020, 2021, and even parts of the school year that were the, in the early part of 2022. And so we had to think about what does that look like? Because the, the program's intention is to bring together 150 juniors in high school and match them in a one-to-one -one pairing with a mentor in the community. Um, up until the close of this year's program, the program has been broken by young men and then young women. And so one of the things that we were hearing from feedback pretty routinely was that um, it felt limiting and that the boys were getting different experiences than the girls. Um, it felt like we there were more students who were interested than we could actually have into capacity. So we used the 2022-2023 school year as a real test of some concept and, and thinking through how do we move this program forward. Um, and we looked at piloting in an individual school setting. So allowing one school to have an entire grade level do the program. Um, it looked a little different than our traditional mentoring program had where we had that one-to-one -one relationship. We went to one mentor to three students, but we really piloted a lot to think about how do we evolve this program into the future. And so Discovering Paths, though, just gives students such a great opportunity to learn about the careers that are available in our community and gives them exposure to that over the course of um, nine different sessions that they do with their mentor and mentee. So yeah. we're going to keep the foundations, but evolve it moving forward. Yeah. So with this being the first year of that, I guess, evolved platform mm -hmm. of integrating the the boys and girls together and the different, you know, ratio of interns to student. 
what kind of feedback are you seeing through it? Um, any any lessons learned? Any anything that really stands out to you through that process? Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting. I think one of the things that we've found is that at the core of the program, what students love is one of the programs focuses on them completing a DISC profile and a values index. And so the students love that ability to explore themselves. You know, typically these are tools that we're using once you're further into adulthood and career. Um, And so for the For the students to have the opportunity to really dive into a session where an expert on those tools is talking with them about what that tells them about themselves and where their interest areas are, um, that's always a highlight for the students. And that's regardless of, you know, program and gender and that type of thing. That's a really, they really enjoy that program. The other piece that we really focus on is ensuring that every student has access to two job shadowings. And so that's another area that's been consistent across both programs is they they do need to complete two job shadows as a part of the experience. What we found is, you know, and I think this is just kind of traditional mindset of it, was we used to take the young men to like the College of Technology where they would see carpentry and plumbing and those types of skills. And the young women would go to the College of Health Sciences for nursing and those types of things. And now we're saying, no, the young women are going to go to the trade programs and they're going to see those careers and they're going to see those skills. And we're really intentional to think about who are the speakers that are there so that we ensure that they're hearing from women that have done this before them um, and that the men are hearing from women that are in these fields about what their experience feels like and vice versa. So you know, there's a lot of intentionality to kind of who who do we pick even to speak at them to talk about those dynamics and why some of those dynamics have changed. And that there's a lot of good feedback around the idea that, you know, we're going to have this as incorporated and that there's not going to feel like there's this barrier point of access to a type of career that might have traditionally been in place. So what does the involvement look like from the students, from those those high school students? Are they is there an excitement to get involved with it? Are some coming along reluctantly because they have to? Or <laughs> how do you how do you build that excitement and make it be a good experience for them all? So our best recruiting tool is always the other students. When we have students who go through the program and go back and tell their friends at school, like, oh, I got to do this program or I got to have this really cool experience. That's that's a huge part of the recruitment. What's interesting is we do try to say to the schools that this program is going to be more geared at the student who maybe is not as defined on what their career choice is. So oftentimes you have um, students in high school who really are like, I know what I want to do. I want to go be an accountant. <laughs> Um, And so if you're that defined, this program may not be as interesting or of service to that student because it's really about kind of what's out there in this community or I'm really interested in finance and I don't know how I want to put that into place. This program could be good for that because you're going to get to see so many different industries over the course of time and give thought to, oh, yeah, you're right. Like that manufacturing shop does have somebody who's doing their accounting in-house or whatever it may be. So if somebody's really defined, it's probably less valuable for that student. But we create a lot of excitement, particularly for the students who are maybe not as defined. Um, We work with school facilitators to do that. And then we also do info sessions with students. Okay. 
Although I would, I would say you keep with that example of accounting, you know, somebody knows they want to be an accountant, uh, that the job shadowing is so important to, to be able to do that and say, you know, this either bores me out of my mind or yes, this is exactly what I want to do. So mm-hmm. it gives that confirmation and really helps them kind of weed out that process before you have too many sunk costs, you know, yeah. going through schooling and everything. So I see a it's lot of value either way. Yeah, because I mentored a few years ago, and that exact scenario actually happened to my mentee. She was dead set that she wanted to be a police officer and then went through the program. And, you know, I was very supportive of that. She, noble career, all that type of thing. Um, But when she actually job shadowed, she job shadowed with um, a probation and parole officer and then also with a police officer. And by the end of it, she was like, I don't want to actually be a police officer anymore. I want to go more to that side of probation, parole, social service element side of things. So it was an interesting like transition even for her of, you know, everybody has a pretty clearly defined picture of what being a police officer is. Yeah. Doing it, seeing the job and then seeing what's like adjacent to it really changed how she thought about where she wanted to go with it. So it's always really helpful for the students. So I actually have a 17 year old right now. So he just finished his junior year going into senior year. And it's that age where they know everything, right? So they, they may know what they want to do as a career. And without that experience to open their eyes and realize, okay, I, maybe I don't know everything and there's other opportunities out there. I think there's a ton of value to that program. Uh-huh. Um, well, Heather, as we start to wrap things up here, I wanted to ask if there. For a chamber listening who would like to take their organization up to the next level, what tip or advice might you share with them to help them accomplish that? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I thought a little bit about this one before, Brandon, because I think there's so many kind of tips for how you achieve that. I would say I have two that come to mind. So the first one is really utilizing the feedback that you receive. I mean, that that's been so critical to us as we think about things um, like our mentoring program, like even our 150th, you know, it sometimes the feedback can sting a little bit and and it can feel a little bit like, oh, that wasn't our intention there. But really using that as an impetus to start to question, like, is this the way we want to do it? Is this the way we want to think about it? Uh, You know, I think it's critical to use the feedback that you receive um, that's constructive and and then start to bounce that with groups, like people who are willing to engage in that discussion around really moving something forward. For our Discovering Paths program, even, we had had volunteers that were with it for a long time, and they really struggled with what change was going to look like. And so for some of them, we had to say, then it might be time to step away because we need to really think into a different space. And, you know, we hope you can come with us on that journey. But Getting that feedback and then finding the right people who want to build it with you, I think are, you know, kind of two of those key pieces for me. Uh, The other one is, you know, I'm a big supporter and proponent of ACC. I think I get so many good ideas. My team gets so many ideas. I have so many people on our staff that are really engaged with it. Um, And through that, the ability to hear about other ideas happening in other communities are just critical. I mean, you know, it is that kind of rip off and duplicate and figure out what works for you and what works for your community. But we are a community that shares a lot of ideas because there's often not a ton of overlap in our geographical areas. So I'm always a big proponent of like, talk to the other people with the ideas in the unique space. Yeah. 
No, that's that's very true. Um, it's always great to learn from each other, and that's that's why this podcast exists, is so we can mm-hmm. all learn from each other and, and make each other better. Better. Um, so, Heather, as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? Hmm. So I think you probably heard me say it a little bit, even in just kind of how our chamber is uh, couching where we're at. So chambers have such a rich and steep history of what we do and how we're of service to the community and how our businesses um, work with us and, you know, rely on chambers. And and there's activities that I think chambers will always be engaged in that we're uniquely positioned to do, that advocacy space. Um, thinking about that larger economy, thinking about the role that business plays. And I think chambers have such a unique position because we do get to be same center. We get to felt like we get to hear more and actually use that in a way that I think is oftentimes constructive for our communities. But as we look forward, I do think there's kind of, you know, just changing dynamics. And so for the ability for chambers to be, um, agile and receptive to what their community wants them to do and what they're hearing from their community, that ability to say, we've had something for a long time. Can we look at it differently? Can we think about it differently? What impact does that have for us? I think that's how we're going to advance that, that ability to really say, let's take a look at our own practices. Let's take a look at our own um, efforts even if they've been around for a long time and start to change them um, in a constructive way for our community that, you know, invites people into the table and really looks forward. Um, Our theme this year was boldly moving forward. And so, you know, you come off of your history is our history and then go into this boldly moving forward concept. And as much as chambers, I think can live into that space, that's a space we get to own for our for our organizations, but for our broader business communities. And I think businesses are looking for that every day. Right. goes back to the utilizing the feedback that you receive, right? To be able Mm -hmm. to be agile and and make those pivots where you need to. Yep. Um, Well, Heather, I've enjoyed having you with us on the podcast today. I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who might want to reach out and connect with you and learn more about how you guys are doing things there in Lancaster what would be the best way for them to reach out and connect? Yeah, so my direct line at the office is 717-696-6255. And then my email address is hvaludas, so H-V-A-L-U-D-E-S at LancasterChamber.com. That's perfect. And we'll get that in our show notes for this episode. So people can look that up and and reach out and connect with you. But I appreciate you sharing your these insights and and these areas of focus on your guys's work as you are standing out above the crowd as a a chamber of the year finalist. And, and as we talked before we got on the on the air, um, for the second time in three years. So that's, that's something to be, you know, proud of as well. So congratulations. And Wish you guys the best of luck as Chamber of the Year. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed the opportunity, Brandon. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. 
If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the chamber podcast course today.